Welcome to the podcast for Gateway Baptist Church. You're listening to a message from our 6pm service. Find us at gatewaybaptist.com.au if you'd like to connect with us as we seek to change lives by following Jesus in our community, our nation and our world. Okay, if you want to wrap up those conversations, continue them afterwards. That would be fantastic. Who here tonight wants to see revival? Yes, I am glad for that response. Who here wants to see a great move of God happen in their own life and in the lives of people around them? Yes. Yes. See, we sing about revival. We talk about revival. As a church, we're praying for revival. Our series at the moment is even called Revival. And we know that revival is not just something that if we sing about it more, talk about it more, and preach about it more is enough to make it happen. Ultimately, it is God who will bring about this great move of His Spirit. But throughout history, when there is a great move of God, ordinary people like you and like me We are the ones where our eyes are opened to the good news of Jesus. And it is as we live that out that we see revival happen. So tonight I believe God wants to remind us that as we are filled by His Spirit, our eyes will be opened and we will be able to live lives devoted to God. And as Revival begins in our own hearts. We will see revival break out in the lives of those around us. In Luke 4, Jesus quotes Scripture from Isaiah and this is what He says. He says, The Spirit of the Lord is on me because He has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind, to set the oppressed free, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favour. The Spirit of the Lord anointed Jesus to bring sight to the blind. And we know Jesus does this in physical ways through miraculous healings, but we also see that Jesus opens the eyes of His followers in a spiritual way and they begin to devote their lives to Him. And as people's eyes are open to the good news of Jesus, we see them set free from their sin. We see them go from a place of darkness into a place of light. They start to experience the grace and forgiveness of God. And if we are going to see revival break out, we need the Spirit, we need the Holy Spirit to open our eyes to see the good news of Jesus. We are in desperate need of the Spirit to be opening the eyes of the blind. And we need that to happen in our own lives so that we can see that happen in the lives of people around us. See, when we are filled with the Spirit, our eyes are open to the ways of Jesus. And as we live this out, others start to see Jesus more clearly as well. 
I remember standing on this stage about a year ago telling you uh, the story in one of my sermons about how we found out that our eldest son, Saxon, needed glasses. He was in kindy at the time and they'd done this free eye screening test and he got sent home with a letter saying that he needed more follow-up on his eyes. But being the great mum that I am, I didn't think he had an eyesight problem. He was, you know, hitting all the benchmarks. He wasn't tripping over all these things. And so I put the letter to the side and I completely ignored it. Luckily, Tim uh, is probably a better parent than I am. And he took it seriously. And he took our son to the optometrist. And we found out that the poor little bloke has terrible vision and needed glasses. And it was a year ago that as I was telling this story in a sermon that it dawned on me that our youngest daughter, Quinn, for weeks had been telling me that she was struggling to see our TV properly when she read it. Now, she was in the three-nager stage where she was whinging about everything. And so I had just lumped it into the pile of one other thing that she was going to be whinging about. But as I I stood up here and told you that story, I thought to myself, I think I might be making the same mistake again. And so I went on the Monday and booked her an optometrist appointment and I took her to the optometrist and it only took five minutes into the appointment where the optometrist said to me, she said, Quinn's going to need glasses. And I felt like a terrible parent again. But from the age of four, I said she was three, she was three or four, I can't remember, it's all a blur. Um, (laughs) From the age of four, Quinn she realised that her eyesight wasn't right and she could still see. Things were definitely a little uh, blurry and hazy though, but she had a desire to see things more clearly. She had a desire, she kind of knew within herself that it wasn't right and she had this desire within her to see more clearly. And tonight I wanna ask you, do you have a desire to see things more clearly? Tonight we're going to read two scriptures. We're going to read the healing of the blind Bartimaeus and we're going to read an account of the early church. And as we do that, we're going to find that as we allow Jesus to restore our sight, we will be able to see more clearly how to walk in the ways of Jesus. And as a church, we will see more and more doors open for others to see and experience the love and power of Jesus at work as well. So I want you to turn with me, if you've got your Bibles, to Mark 10. And although this is an account of a physical healing from blindness, it also speaks to a spiritual blindness that Jesus longs to heal as well. We're gonna pick it up in Mark chapter 10, starting at verse 46. Then they came to Jericho. As Jesus and his disciples, together with a large crowd, were leaving the city, a blind man, Bartimaeus, was sitting by the roadside begging. When he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to shout, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Many rebuked him and told him to be quiet, but he shouted all the more, son of David, have mercy on me. And Jesus stopped and said, call him. So they called to the blind man, cheer up. That's how my my head does it. Cheer up, old fellow. Um, 
So they called to the blind man, cheer up. So I, now I can't get past that word without you. So they called to the blind man, cheer up on your feet. He's calling you. Throwing his cloak aside, he jumped to his feet and came to Jesus. What do you want me to do for you? Jesus asked him. The blind man said, Rabbi, I want to see. Go, said Jesus, your faith has healed you. Immediately he received his sight and followed Jesus along the road. The blind man here, he is doing what we could probably presume he does most days. He is sitting by the roadside and he's begging. And without being able to see, he knows that there is someone walking along that road that is different to the people who usually walk along that road. I'm presuming that although he hasn't necessarily seen Jesus, he has probably heard of Jesus. He has heard of how Jesus has performed miracles. He has heard of, which, of the authority of which Jesus is speaking. And so he holds on to the little that he knows about Jesus and he takes a risk and he calls out to him. And this stops Jesus in his tracks. And then Jesus calls to Bartimaeus, and in an instant, this blind beggar jumps up and he throws his cloak aside. And while we might kind of see this cloak as like just jump up and throw it aside, remember, this man is a beggar. He probably doesn't have many possessions and this cloak is probably one of the only things that he has and it's probably the thing that he lays out in front of him to, to kind of catch the things that he's asking of people. It's probably the thing that keeps him warm at night. This is probably of great importance to him. But at the sound of Jesus calling him, he takes, he jumps up and walks away from that which is important that which is familiar to him, and he comes to Jesus. And Jesus asks him this question. He says, what do you want me to do for you? And I would assume that Jesus, you know, Jesus is the miracle worker and Jesus is about to interact with the blind beggar. Of course, Jesus knows what he wants him to do. But Jesus asks him the question. And this is the same question that Jesus asked some of his disciples just a few verses earlier in this chapter. And commentators suggest that this account is not just about this man's physical sight being restored. They actually suggest that these few chapters in Mark are specifically ordered in this way, pointing us not just to this man's physical blindness, but to the spiritual blindness of those that are already following Jesus. And as you read the surrounding chapters in the Gospel of Mark, we see that all of the stories are talking about what it looks like to give up everything to follow Jesus. And so while this is a miracle where there is radical healing, it is also a call to radical discipleship. And in this interaction between Jesus and His disciples, the one we read just before it in James and John, Jesus asks them this same question that He asks the blind beggar. And we're gonna read it in Mark 10, starting at verse 35. Then James and John, the sons of Zebedee, came to him. Teacher, they said, we want you to do for us whatever we ask. 
What do you want me to do for you? He asked. And they replied, let one of us sit at your right and the other at your left in glory. So we've got these two disciples, these disciples that have been following Jesus. They've been listening to Jesus' teaching. They've been seeing what Jesus has been doing, all the things that He's been saying. And they have just heard Him say, whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. And when they're asked the same question, that was their response. And David Garland, in his commentary on Mark, he says this. He says, Jesus asked both sons of Zebedee and Bartimaeus the same question. What do you want me to do for you? And the disciples' answer to this question is telling. They want to sit on thrones with Jesus and reign with Him in triumph. Bartimaeus sits in the dust, makes no demand for glory, but cries out from his wretched poverty. He only wants to see before Jesus has done anything for this blind beggar, He jumps up and He leaves all that is precious to Him. And when Jesus asks Him this question, what do you want me to do for you? He says to Him, Rabbi, I want to see. There is this desire within Bartimaeus. He wants to see clearly. He wants to have his physical sight restored, but this speaks to an even deeper spiritual desire within all of us to want to see more clearly. And I wonder what our response would be to this question. If Jesus was standing before us tonight and He was there and He was asking us the question, what do you want me to do for you? What would be our response? We might be more like the disciples who say to Jesus in John 10, uh, in Mark 10, we want you to do for us whatever we ask. Are we more concerned about what Jesus can do for us? Are we more desperate to have Jesus fit into the story that we want to create? Are we more hungry for Jesus just to fit in with our own agenda? Jesus, could you just open this door for me? Jesus, can you just feel this desire that I have? Jesus, if you could just help people see the way, see things the way that I do. I know so often this is how I come to Jesus. I have an agenda and I want Jesus to do whatever it is that I'm asking of Him. But in the journey to understand what it means to follow Jesus, to really deny yourself and to take up your cross and follow, the Gospel writer, of, uh, the gospel writer Mark is pointing our attention to the response of this blind beggar. As Jesus asks him, what do you want me to do for you? He says, I want to see. And I just wonder how Jesus might be wanting to restore our sight tonight. I wonder if instead of coming to Jesus and saying, Jesus, I just want you to do this for me. We actually need to come before Jesus and say, Jesus, I want to see. I want to see this situation that I'm going through 
the way that you do. Jesus, I wanna see these people in my life, these people that are hurting me, these people that are annoying me. Jesus, I wanna see those people the way that you do. Jesus, I wanna see this world that we live in more like you do. Jesus, I wanna see where I've turned away from you. I wanna see the sin in my life. I wanna see your grace and forgiveness. Jesus, open my eyes to see you and your ways more clearly. And as our eyes are open to Jesus, we see Him more clearly and we see how to live a life devoted to Him. And as this transformation and as this revival begins in our own hearts, we will start to see revival break out in the lives of those around us. And from the very first day that Jesus' first followers were filled with the power of the Holy Spirit, their eyes were opened. Their eyes were opened to the grace and forgiveness of God. And as these followers lived out these ways of Jesus, others started to see the good news of Jesus as well. And we see this beautifully described in the book of Acts. And Acts 2:42 says this. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favour of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. See, that's what we want to see. Our heart as a church is to open more doors, to see more and more people come to know the life-changing message of Jesus. We wanna see more and more people being saved. And that's why we wanna open more doors in uh, more campuses. But as we look at how that happened for the early church, we don't see that the church just started growing in isolation. It wasn't like they just like, well, we wanna grow and then here it is, it's growing. It says they were devoted, they were a devoted and generous people. And as they lived this out, then the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. And I believe that if we are to see revival break out in the lives of those around us, we first need to see revival break out in our hearts and our lives as well. And do you know what I think is really difficult about this? You know, I, I like the idea of the end part of uh, this account of the early church where God is, you know, growing the church. That's the exciting part. But the first part is we, we see that these early followers are, de are devoted and generous people. And that's the hard part for us. And as we look at this account, we actually, as we go through it, we see that in our society, in our time right now, it's actually really difficult to live like this. And I just wanna go through it quickly and unpack just why it might be difficult. And please don't hear now that this is like me going, oh, I see this happening in your lives because the only reason I've articulated it is because it's difficult for me as well. 
See, it talks about being devoted, fully committed to God's Word. But we know that this can be really hard because we read God's words and there's parts of it that we wanna take and we wanna apply it to our lives and it just makes sense. But there's other parts that we read about it and and it's actually quite confronting and we don't want to submit ourselves to that part because it goes against everything that society is telling us. But it says they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. And then it goes on to say they were devoted to meeting together, to fellowship. And this is great in theory. I think all of our hearts would be that we want to keep meeting together. But you know, when your calendar gets full and you get asked to do something else on a time when you were going to meet with other believers, it's just so easy to go and do that other thing than it is to be devoted to meeting together. It talks about being devoted to breaking bread together. You know, we've just been in this season where we haven't had people over to our house. We've resorted to a tear cup on our communion because the actual gathering together and breaking bread and sharing germs over meals together is just a no-no at the moment. It's hard to be devoted to that. It talks about being devoted to prayer. And I know for myself, it's easier for me to just kind of get my to-do list done while I play worship music in the backgrounds and feel like I'm having a really good prayer session with God than to actually put my to-do list aside and to get on my knees and cry out to God and be devoted in prayer. You know, this is actually really hard to do. And it goes on to say that they were together And they had everything in common. Firstly, this is an introvert's nightmare. They don't particularly want to be together with people all the time. And I'm not sure if you've noticed, but when you get a group of people in the same room, even when you get a group of Christians in the same room, it doesn't take long to figure out that we have a whole bunch of different views on a whole bunch of different topics. And when we talk about it, it starts to cause division and disunity. And so it doesn't really feel like that when we come together, we have everything in common. And then it talks about selling and giving away our possessions and our money. And I actually think this is the one that for our generation is probably the easiest to get on board with. But we know we constantly fight this inner battle to hold on to our wealth, to hold on to our possessions. Because one day we probably want to try and buy a house if interest rates don't rise too much. You know, we want to keep that style that we've decided to maintain. And so we need that money to be able to buy the stuff that we want to do. And although we, we see the, the great things in being able to give things away, there's this battle within all of us to want to hold on tightly to the things that we have, to our possessions, even to our community. And so that's why I think it's actually easy for us to gloss over this first part about the early church and just get really, really excited about the last part when God's doing the work and He's the one that's bringing more people to their community. But if we wanna see this happen in our day, in our time, I believe we need to come before Jesus and not just say, hey, Jesus, here's what we want you to do for us but we need to come before Jesus and say, Jesus, we wanna see 
by your Holy Spirit, come and take the scales off our eyes so that we can see how we are to live your way in our time, in these days, so that more and more people will come to know the good news of Jesus. See, when we are filled with the Spirit, our eyes are open to the ways of Jesus. And as we live these out, others start to see Jesus as well. We need to be a devoted and generous people. See, we're all devoted to something. You just have to look at what you fill your week with to see where your devotion lies. This word devoted, it means to give your constant attention to something. What do you give your constant attention to? When you have a spare moment, what do you give your attention to? When you're trying to go to sleep at night, what do you give your attention to? If we wanna see revival in our own lives, and the lives of those around us, we need to give our constant attention to Jesus. What are you devoted to? And if you look at your life and answer that honestly and realise that it is something other than Jesus, then I encourage you to look at these four things that it says about the early church and what they devoted themselves to. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, to fellowship, to breaking of bread and to prayer. Now, what does that look like for us? If you've been around me anytime, you would know that I harp on about this. But as followers of Jesus, we need to be in God's Word. We can't expect that if we are just crowding our lives with the noise of the world around us and we want to be changed by the Word of Jesus, but we're not actually reading it or putting it into ourselves, it's going to be really hard. We need to let God's Word be the loudest voice in our lives so that we start to see not the, we don't want to see God's Word through the world's eyes. We wanna see the world through God's eyes as we continue to get into His Word. Fellowship, don't give up meeting together. Make it a priority to meet with other believers. Young adults, I wanna encourage you to be at our worship night on Wednesday night, not because that's an indication of whether you're devoted or not, but there is something important about gathering together, being encouraged and spurred on in your faith. It doesn't have to be the worship night. It can be a group of friends just gathering together to read the Bible together. Be devoted to breaking bread and, and almost that idea of hospitality and remembering Jesus together with other people and be devoted to prayer. We have a small prayer meeting that happens at 5.30 before our 6pm service every week. And we would love more and more of you as our 6pm congregation to come to that and to pray for us as a 6pm community. Pray for us as we gather together, but pray for us as we then head out into our weeks. There is something powerful that when we get on our knees and pray, God starts to change our hearts and the lives of people around us. He is calling us to be a devoted people. Make these things a significant part of your daily and your weekly rhythms. 
But, he also, but the early church was also a generous people. And there's an encouragement there for us as well to be generous. And as we look to this picture of the early church, we see generosity in both their welcome and their wealth. And I want to encourage us as a 6pm congregation to be generous with both of these things, with our welcome and our wealth. Like I said, it's so easy to have a tight hold on these things. You know, we we don't actually want to let others in and we don't want to let go of our possessions. But I believe that as we live in the ways of Jesus, our grip on these things will actually loosen. And I encourage you to prayerfully consider what it looks like for you to give generously to the work of Gateway Beyond, both locally and globally. As Tim said, next week is Commitment Sunday and it's just one small way that we can take what God has given us and we can use it to invest in His church and to invest in His kingdom out in this world. But this passage also encourages us to be generous with our welcome. And hopefully it's no surprise to you, but as a church, we want to be a welcoming community. We say it every week, it's plastered on our sign out the front that everyone is welcome. But the only way that everyone who comes to Gateway will truly feel welcome is if we as individuals are generous with our welcome. And what does this look like? It actually means not holding on so tightly to your own community that you don't allow others into it. See, it's one thing to be welcomed in with a smile, but there is something powerful to be welcomed by someone into a group of friends. Let's be generous with our welcome. I actually believe God wants to open our eyes to see people around us, people around us who are lonely and are looking for community. And we, as a gathered group of people, we have something to offer them. We have community and we have fellowship to be able to offer them. See, as these first followers of Jesus that the Holy Spirit opened their eyes to the ways of Jesus and they lived this out, It was then that the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. If we wanna see revival break out in the lives of those around us, we need revival to break out in our hearts and lives as well. I mentioned earlier that we found out last year that Quinn needed glasses. Part of the challenge for us in this was that when Quinn got her glasses, she didn't actually want to wear them. So she would put them on for a brief minute, but then they'd feel uncomfortable and they'd hurt her ears and she would take them off again. She would never leave them on long enough to really gain the benefit and experience kind of the the benefit that they had of helping her see clearly. And we had to take her back to the optometrist for a three-month checkup to see how her glasses were going. And I had to send Tim because I couldn't admit to the optometrist that I couldn't get my four-year-old to put her glasses on because she's way more stubborn than I am. And the optometrist said what we all knew was the case. 
that she wouldn't be able to get the benefit of the glasses if she never wore them. And to help Quinn to wear them, she promised Quinn a reward that if she wore her glasses every day, next time she visited, there would be a prize. We had also done this for Quinn, but it didn't work. But it did work when the optometrist said it. And since then, we've not had a problem. Quinn has worn her glasses every day and she's worn them long enough to now realise they actually help her see clearly. And when she forgets to put them on in the morning after she's woken up or when she forgets to put them on after her shower, she's running around the house trying to find her glasses because there's this desire within her to see clearly. She's desperate to get them back on. And I wonder if sometimes when it comes to following Jesus, we actually live in a similar way. Although we have access to everything we need to see more clearly, we choose to live our lives our own way rather than being empowered by the Spirit. You know, because for Quinn, the glasses, they were at first really uncomfortable. She kind of knew the idea that people might make fun of her if she wore glasses. And I think this is similar challenge for us as well, that as we live out and as we rely on the Holy Spirit, it can be uncomfortable. People can make fun of us. But there is something powerful when we learn to walk with the Spirit each and every day. We start to see things more clearly and we are equipped to do all that God is calling us to do. And we start to live out the ways of Jesus. We start to live devoted lives. We start to live generous lives. And tonight, I believe God wants to remind us again that as we are filled with His Spirit, our eyes will be opened and we will be able to live lives devoted to Him. And as we see revival break out in our own lives, we will then see revival break out in the lives of those around us. God is looking for a people who will not be satisfied just to live a comfortable life. God is looking for a people who will not just sing and talk about revival. God is looking for a people who will not just be okay to blend into the world that is around them. God is looking for a people who will lay down their lives and take up their cross and follow Jesus. And as that happens, we will see revival in our own hearts but we will see revival break out in the lives of those around us. Would you pray with me? God, we thank You for Your Word to us tonight. God, we thank You that You are a God that wants to restore our sight. We've seen Jesus do that through the Gospels in a physical way, but God, we know that You want to do that in a spiritual way as well. God, we wanna see You more clearly. We wanna see what it means to walk in Your ways in our time in these days. God, may we 
be open to what Your Spirit wants to do in us. God, we just say, come Holy Spirit now. Start to open our eyes to see You in a new and a fresh way. Holy Spirit, start to show us the things in our lives where maybe we have put other things before You and we have devoted our lives to so many other things, but we haven't devoted our lives to You. God, show us where we've held on tightly to our community and to our possessions, God. Help us start to see things in a new way. And God, I pray that by Your Spirit, You would empower us to live devoted and generous lives so that we can see more people come to know the good news of who You are. God, we thank You that You are at work right now. We thank You that Your Holy Spirit is here. And we just ask that You would come and do what You wanna do in us tonight. We ask these things in Your Name, Jesus. Amen. Amen. I wanna invite you to stand on your feet and we are going to sing a song that talks about God, revive this heart again. And I actually believe that God is calling a generation to be a devoted and generous people. It is not easy to live this way in our world. And just like I talked about Quinn, when she put those glasses on, there was discomfort. There was pain in that. There was the potential of being ridiculed. That is what we are signing up for when we say, Jesus, we wanna live a devoted and generous life. It's gonna be uncomfortable. There's many times when there is, it's painful and we are most likely going to be ridiculed for it. But there is something so powerful when we step into this life with Jesus, that as we start to see Him more clearly, as we rely on His Spirit, He will equip us to live a devoted and generous life. And we will be able to see not just our own lives and hearts transformed, but we will start to see the lives of people around us changed as well. And tonight I wanna say, if you wanna be a devoted and generous people, if you wanna say, yes, God, that is me. I know that I have been devoted to many things. I know that I have this tight grip on my, maybe even my friendship groups and this tight grip of my possessions, but I don't want it to be that way. I wanna step out and I wanna say, Jesus, I wanna see things more clearly. I wanna see things in Your way. I want to live by the power of Your Spirit. You know, sometimes if we feel we can't do it, that's the best place to be because it allows the Holy Spirit to come in and empower us to do that. And as we start to see this, sing the start of this song, if that is your heart, if that is your prayer, I just wanna ask you to come down and if you're able to, just as an act of surrender, as an act of saying to God, God, I wanna see You more clearly. I wanna see how to live Your ways in this world for this time. I just ask you as we sing the start of this song, just come and get on your knees before God. Just start crying out to God. What is that, do you wanna see? What is it that you wanna see about Jesus? So let's start singing this song. And I encourage you, if that's your heart's cry, come and just get on your knees before God tonight.
I want to pray for these uh, people who've responded, but I do wonder if there are some more that want to join. I actually believe the Holy Spirit wants to come. There is nothing special about being gathered together now. This could happen just as um, easily in the car park uh, or kind of when you go out for supper tonight. It could happen in your room at home. There's nothing actually special that's special about coming down the front. The Holy Spirit can work at any point, but what we do have right now We have the time and space to respond to what God is doing. And we also have other people around who can pray and who can speak into what God might be saying to us. And so I actually believe that the Holy Spirit wants to come and just impart Himself onto some people who want to live a life devoted to Him. And so if you want that tonight, I ask you to come and join these people because I wanna pray for you. I want people to gather around these guys because I believe that the Holy Spirit wants to come and empower you to live this kind of life. And so if that's you, come right now before I get others to uh, come out. If you feel like God is calling you to live this devoted life to Him, I believe the Holy Spirit wants to come and just work in your life right now. Awesome. Well, we're gonna get, if you know these people, I would love you to come and gather around them right now. Lay a hand on them. I want you to be listening to what the Holy Spirit might be saying to you for them tonight. The Holy Spirit is at work right here, right now. And I believe He wants to encourage and He wants to equip each of those people who have said, God, I wanna be devoted to You. So I'm gonna be praying for these people, but I encourage you, if you have gathered around these people tonight, just listen to what God might be wanting to say through you tonight. And then as I finish praying, we're just gonna leave a bit of space and I want you guys to pray out those prayers, to speak out those maybe pictures or or verses that God has placed on your heart that are gonna be an encouragement to these people tonight. So let's pray. Holy Spirit, we welcome You here. Holy Spirit, we are thankful that You are here, God. And God, we just wanna praise You and thank You that You have not left us to do this job alone, but You said to Your followers, You said, I'm gonna send one that is going to be a helper. I'm gonna send one that is gonna advocate for You. And Holy Spirit, we are so thankful that You are at work in our lives. And God, I just pray for those people tonight who have gotten on their knees and said, God, I want to see more clearly. Jesus, I want to see Your ways more clearly. By Your Spirit right now, I pray that You would take the scales off their eyes where there have been things that are blurry. Holy Spirit, may You just come and just bring full sight to them. And as they start to see You, Jesus, God, I pray that You would well up with them within them a love for the people that they have been struggling to get along with, that You would well up within them just a desire to understand Your Word, that You would well up within them this ability to see the circumstance that they're in that would make them question who You are, God. But as they sit in Your presence, as Your Spirit is at work in their lives, God, they would start to see these things in the way that You do and You would just give them just encouragement and hope. Holy Spirit, may You be speaking to their hearts and their lives right now. And if you're praying for someone right now, I encourage you to speak that out. Maybe just
just share a word or a prayer that is on your heart for that person. And if you are not praying with someone, I encourage you to cry out to God. What is that desperate prayer that you have for God? What is that desperate prayer that you wanna see God do in your life? You might just wanna say, Jesus, I wanna see. I wanna see your way more clearly. You might have a decision that's in front of you and you just wanna know which way to go. You might have a relationship that is broken and you just need Jesus to show you how to love that person. Cry out to God tonight. What is it that you wanna see? by this message. If we can pray for you or you would like to take a further step in your relationship with Jesus, we would love to connect with you. Please head to gatewaybaptist.com.au and click on Get Connected to let us know.